Yeah. Okay, so if this this thing comes in, you can just edit whatever happens. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. I'm good with it. Yeah, we're not going World Wide Web or whatever. (laughs) We we actually stream live and record at the same time. Uh, Yeah, and and, uh, like I I see a lot of people doing that. I'm just kind of like, you know, we're not that focused. (laughs) <laughs> we'll, we'll get like distracted and it's like or the cats will jump in and start breaking shit and it's like um hold for like three minutes while we go uh throw the cats in a out, outsider in a closet or something you put that old school test pattern up we are yeah, experiencing exactly. technical difficulties please stand by <laughs> <laughs> well listening to the commentary i guess he didn't understand the concept of a commentary track Oh yeah, he was literally commentating the movie. Oh, he's like so. Here you see the sun coming up, and the guy goes like, "Well, he literally at one point says, oh, this is a nice car. I would like to have a car like this.'" (laughs) He thinks he's like narrating the story. I I guess, and then two people walk into the room and beat the crap out of them. Yeah, yeah. it, It was just, I was, I'm sitting there watching this like, this is the weirdest commentary track ever. But when you when you dig deeper into it and you realize he's what they call a shadow director. Oh, yeah. So he was really only directing when Stallone wasn't on set. And it's the same thing he did with Tombstone with Kurt Russell. Oh, Kurt Russell directed? Apparently. that's the, the I read an article last night that Kurt Russell really wanted to direct, but he didn't want – he wanted people to take him seriously. So he called Stallone and Stallone's like, look, I did this thing with this guy on, on Rambo <laughs> and on, on Cobra. And so Kurt Russell made a deal with him, like, I won't tell anybody about this as long as you're alive. And he died in 05. Well, damn, now I'm wondering if uh, RoboCop actually directed Leviathan and, you know, Roger Moore directed Escape to Athena or something. (laughs) George Cosmatos, you hack. (laughs) And there's like a 10 minute time where he talks about the other films he's done. It's just like so stream of conscious, just... He just runs out of stuff to talk about because he didn't really direct the movie. Not going to lie. I love those kind of uh, commentary tracks. Um, one of my favorites is uh, Cliffhanger, actually, speaking of Stallone movies with uh, Rennie Harlan. <gasps> <laughs> I can't even imagine what a Rennie Harlan's commentary track is. exactly what you would think it is. Because I like... own The Adventures of Ford Fairlane, and I don't think there's one on there. I'm going to have to go look. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah so, some of them are just, just pure gold. Society is breeding a new kind of criminal. It's also breeding a new kind of cop. Meet Cobra. He does the job nobody wants. Did you use unnecessary deadly force? I used everything I had. Do you know you have an attitude problem? Yeah, but it's just a little one. You think you would recognize me if you saw him again? The tall one? Yeah. The one who wants to kill you. Do what you have to do to get a lead on this maniac. And if I find him... Do what you do best. 
Stallone is Cobra, the strong arm of the law. Yeah! Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Steve. And I'm Izzy. And this is Everything I Learned From Movies. And tonight... Oh, tonight. We are celebrating September Stallone with 1986's Cobra. Yeah! Uh, But we're not alone for this treasure. (gasps) Should I put on pants? Yeah, no need for that. Uh, we have Rob from the Cheap Popcast with us. Welcome, Rob. Hello, internets. <laughs> <laughs> I and think like, Jason Manzukis on How Did This Get Made said it best about this and when referring when we're referring to this movie. Man, you guys made me watch this. <laughs> um, it's what Wait, this is one of those movies. Like I'd forgotten how just bonkers this film is. There's a <laughs> lot going on in 87 minutes. Look, we we watch it like once every year or two, just yeah, whenever it's just like, about, oh yeah, yeah, that's right, Cobra is a movie. New stuff every time pops up where it's like, what, what the fuck? What, well, I was able it, to pick up the the, uh, the Shout Factory Collector's Edition that came out in 2018, which I found out you can get at Walmart right now for nine bucks on Blu-ray. Uh, one moment, please hold. Pulling up. Yes, and it's <laughs> um, it's got the original featurette. It's got the trailers, it's got the stills and everything, but it's got new interviews with just about everybody that was alive but Stallone. Oh, wow. And Brian Thompson, is, that is oh, a 36-minute yeah. interview. And boy, has he got some hot takes about the making of that film, which we can <laughs> oh. get into once we get into this. Oh, I'll bet we've been trying to get him on the podcast for a while. He's one of our favorites. Uh, yeah. I mean, you look at him and you go, oh, that's Shao Kahn. Yep, Shao Kahn or the uh, alien uh, manhunter or whatever from X Files. <laughs> yeah, because when I first saw him, I was like, "Wait a minute, I do know who this is." Because I just recently watched both Mortal Kombat films. I know I'm a glutton for punishment, but to the best. When I saw him, I was like, "Oh, that's Shao Kahn from the second one." <laughs> and you just—that's another one of those like you remember it's kind of bad, and then you watch it and you go, "Yeah, this is bad." <laughs> But then, like, you find out when you when you do the digging, because I'm that guy that falls down the trivia rabbit hole, that this movie was actually 40 minutes longer, but they had to cut that much out of it to not get an X rating. There, There is a lot of that with Stallone movies in the 80s, and it's just captivating to me. Like, like Rocky Four apparently was two and a half hours in its original cut. Oh, and I'm geez. like, why? You, you've already perfected it. <laughs> So I guess I guess for the best way for us to start this discussion, and thank first of all, thank you for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Oh, uh, 1986, the summer of '86. Where were you guys at in your lives? Uh, I think I was getting ready for kindergarten myself. Uh, I was one. Yeah, say. Because <laughs> he was um, a zygote. Yes, that Metamucil order will be recognized now. <laughs> I was going into the eighth grade at this point. Oh my gosh, um, you're almost a man. <laughs> yeah, I am I am old. Uh, but again, this was the year, I guess, the year after Rocky IV. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he and Brigitte, who was still married at the time were apparently in full swing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were uh, deep in the They got married during the making of this, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we just did uh, Rocky Four and saw the trivia and stuff with them. It was like, oh, yeah, they're married while making this one. 
And yeah, it's just like you went from Stallone to Flavor Flav. Okay. I mean, I'm not going to judge you outwardly, but. I'm sure she had a few stops in between, too. (laughs) Like it wasn't, she didn't directly get the bends, you know. Somewhere Stallone's going, that's the bar? Guys, guys, you haven't seen Flavor Flav with after he takes his uh, stopwatch off. I mean, come on. I I think my life is better because of that, honestly. Um, But I mean, this movie is 1986, and it absolutely shows. Oh yes. Well, uh, you're you're right. Before we get into the details of this movie, uh, babe, I don't know about you, but. I'm a little thirsty. I am thirsty as well. Uh, Rob, do you have a, a beverage with you over there? I do, actually. Oh. Uh, tonight we're doing some LaCroix Limoncello. Ooh. Ooh. Feeling fancy. delightful beverage. Feeling fancy. <laughs> nice. Well, on our end, jingle jingle, <laughs> uh, we have a new beer. It's Lev Premium Dark Beer Black Lion. Uh, it's a Czech beer Ooh. since 1834, bottled the Czech Republic. Uh, anything on the back? Nope, just a premium dark beer. Should be interesting. Uh, yeah, let me one moment while I pop my top here. Oh, my top! Nice. Also, as Steve does that, and I feel them all jump, I just would like the entire internet to know I have two cats in my lap. So if I scream in agony, it's because they both decide to jump off at the same time, claws out, because... It's the two that are known to do that. That's what cats are good for. I don't trust you, either one of you. You're right, babe. We should get more. (laughs) (laughs) How many cats is too many cats? One. (laughs) We've got two as well, but they're they're hanging out with their mommy. So we've got three. The other one's just upstairs, probably on Steve's pillow. (laughs) Yeah, probably making sweet love to my pillow as we speak. But (laughs) but first, the poor. Oh. Ooh, very smooth pour. Oh, oh that's sorry, a head. Sorry, sorry. Mmm. Suck the head. Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. So this is a beautiful dark lager. It's got a nice uh, khaki-colored foamy head. Lots of really tiny, fine bubbles. <laughs> Steve's gone in for the sip. Yeah, so it has a kind of a biscuity aroma. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, drinking it. Yeah, it's got a little. Uh, a little bit of that uh, green apple and stuff to it, but mostly uh, like caramel notes and yeah, you get a little of the bitterness from the uh, from the roasted malts in there. It's delightful. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I am going to continue drinking this. This is delicious, and I got to say, for an import, this is surprisingly fresh. Yeah, Thank same. you, Ocean Mart, the international market. Yeah, they must have pretty quick turnover. Usually, you get something like this at a. A liquor store or Bevmo or something. It's been there for like eight months. <laughs> We've been going like once a month. This is the first time I've seen the the Leon. Yeah. Well, yeah. All right. 1986 Cobra. Yeah. From director. And we're back. And we're back. Yeah. <laughs> From director George P. Cosmatos. Is he Steve? Oh, well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, as Rob was mentioning, apparently he's just a shadow director and never directed a damn thing in his life. But no, I was kidding. <laughs> yeah, no. again, the farther you fall down this rabbit hole, the weirder it gets. Uh, apparently, according to Brian Thompson, they were so disenchanted with him that they referred to him as George Comatose. Um, oh, wow. Save some of it for the fun facts. <laughs> oh, I, I, again, I'm just, I'm free flowing. Yeah. You guys just let me know where we're going and we'll go there. <laughs> well, uh, in case you're wondering who George Cosmatos is, uh, he did Massacre in Rome and Escape mm-hmm. to Athena, a Roger Moore movie. Uh, I know we've seen, but 
because it was free on Prime. Uh, Rambo First Blood Part 2, maybe coming later this month. Uh, this, Leviathan, uh, you know, may also be coming up later this, uh, this year. <laughs> uh, Tombstone and Shadow Conspiracy. Tombstone hmm. was the one that shocked me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, says one, one of these kids good. is doing his own thing. Yeah, <laughs> it does stand out as a little, uh, like, the, the, a legitimate one amongst the rest. Well, and he talks on the commentary. He Again, he takes like a 10-minute stretch where he just talks about the other movies he did. And he talks about Leviathan. And that part about how they did Leviathan, I just sat in my couch going, did I, did I cross over into the multiverse? What? Really? <laughs> it's very, very strange. It, I, I said this in my post last night, that this is, it is easily the strangest uh, commentary track I've ever heard in my life. And it's probably the same commentary track on the Blu-ray for Leviathan, and it's like, he <laughs> <laughs> starts out talking about Cobra, <laughs> and then he's like, ah, oh, but anyway, this movie. Yeah, <laughs> wow. Like, he's, at a couple of different points, he's actually pointing out continuity errors. It's so, but I was just like, oh, dear. This is how, this is where we're going. Okay, and, and I've been kind of on a tear lately. A couple of weeks ago, I watched Blazing Saddles with the commentary. Oh, my. And Mel Brooks's commentary stops at the 33-minute mark. Huh? And I thought that was the weirdest one. Because he just, and there's no, the whole last hour of Blazing Saddles, there's no commentary. It doesn't need any commentary, though. Well, it's just weird because he just goes, well, talked about the production, talked about the pre-production, talked about the post-production. That's all I got. <laughs> yeah, that pretty much sounds like the rest it. is pretty funny. Stick around, guys. And yeah, exactly. And then it was just like I'm like, okay, that could be the strangest commentary. And then George Cosmo said, "Hey, hold my beer," and that's where we, that's where we sat. <laughs> well, okay. And this movie is also allegedly based on the novel Fair Game by Paula Gosling. Which, yes, I mean, if you know the name Fair Game, you know about the 1995 Cindy Crawford Billy Baldwin vehicle. What? <laughs> which is the same book? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and and even like it said Warner Brothers even edited that version but they did it because it tested so badly. Oh wow. This one Stallone wanted the book re-released with him as the author. Like this was the yeah. height of his ego. And Paula Gosling went, "Yeah, hard pass." Uh <laughs> but apparently a lot of the stuff that's in this he brought over because he was supposed to do Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. Originally. Yeah, yeah. And when they decided to go a more comedic direction and took Eddie Murphy in, he took the ideas he had for that film and put it into Cobra with the changes he made. Oh, yeah. so, and, and I know it's like famous, like Cobra is also like the movie where Canon Films was like, here, here's 10 or $12 million if you come star in this movie. We started and he's like, well, do I get a like write and direct and all that stuff? Yeah, yeah sure, sure, sure. Now, the, you want to talk about that? Have you watched that documentary? Yeah, the electric, electric boogaloo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you want to talk about just absolute mayhem, and 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 realizing that this was the the first of the two picture deal they had with him <laughs> was this and over the top. Oh, that's right. That was two the following the, year. Two of the greatest yeah. Stallone movies ever made. Oh, and then, and they, because they didn't have enough money to distribute, that's when Warner Brothers stepped in and was like, "Yeah, we'll take this on." I mean, the movie made over $50 million domestic. So I don't know how much the guys from Canon got of that because they were so busy hemorrhaging cash that they weren't worried about (laughs) making any, apparently. They were were putting it directly into Superman (laughs) 4. Oh, geez, the quest for peace. Was it, though? 
<laughs> Brigitte Nielsen and her wigs. Oh God, yes, yeah, wonderful wigs. But you know, uh, she's a model, so it makes sense. Uh, well, uh, what I read was they wanted her to have a more "quote unquote" futuristic look, but I really think it was so that they could try to separate her character from the character she played in Rocky Four because she still had the short blonde hair, which you see in some of the model in, in the modeling montage. Yeah. So I, th- I think they saw that and went, okay, we don't want them to think that she's the same lady that was in this. So put a wig, a really bad wig on her and <laughs> we can just roll with it. I mean, it does look eighties European. I will give it does. that. <laughs> and she sort of, for at least for a little bit, tries to pretend that she's European. It's just her accent. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves with the accent. Yeah. <laughs> it comes and goes in waves. I, I, I mean, you compare it to Alan Rickman, yeah, there's no accent there. But if it's like, eh, if, you, if you're comparing it to Christian Slater, not that bad. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Somebody you brought up Gleaning the Cube the other day, and I just cringed. Uh. <laughs> uh, but, and you can't not talk about this film and not talk about the soundtrack. Oh, okay. So we're, we're, we're kind of touching on fun facts all over the place. Again, it's no Rocky Three. Yeah, yeah uh, <laughs> Rocky Four. Yeah. Well, but but, that, but that's who he carried over from that soundtrack. Easy way yeah. Well, I, one of the fun facts I learned was uh, apparently the song "The Touch" from the Transformers movie yep. was originally <laughs> written for this movie, and I'm like, what? You got the touch. You got the power! Yeah! Yeah, and then, like, it's bad enough that when you watch that in the in the context of Transformers the movie, how it just doesn't really fit. But if we don't have that, we don't have one of the most nuts sequences ever in Boogie Nights when... <laughs> When Mark Wahlberg is singing that song in a studio, high, just coked out of his mind. <laughs> you got the touch. <sighs> it's like that, so- that song just kind of creeps into the vernacular about every five to ten years, and nobody can figure out why. And I, I guess when once we go through the film, we'll get to this this point. But one of the, the one of the soundtrack choices here just melted my brain. <laughs> um, but it kind of made I I can't say I can't say that I didn't go to Amazon when it wasn't over when it was over and looked for the CD and it is available but you have to order the hard copy you can't download it anyway. Oh yeah, of course. I mean that's where the money's at. Yeah. We have to get to though what could be the most obvious yet I've never heard the argument made about this film, which is is this a Christmas movie? It absolutely is a Christmas yeah. movie. Didn't you see all the Merry Christmas? That's what uh, I'm saying. Like, if Lethal Weapon's a Christmas movie and Die Hard's a Christmas movie, I've never heard someone try to put this on that list. Well, and <laughs> it's it, 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 you know, Cobra and Christmas with the Cranks. Yes, technically both Christmas movies, but not particularly. <laughs> and like, I get one. product placement, but oh. a Toys R Us commercial. Oh god. Okay. Well, all right. We're gonna get into it because uh, okay, we start off with the uh, the voiceover of Stallone oh. in America. A burglary is <laughs> performed every eleven seconds. There's a violent crime every twenty five oh. seconds. In America, there's a burglary every eleven seconds. An armed robbery every sixty five seconds. 
A violent crime every 25 seconds. A murder every 24 minutes. And 250 rapes a day. And I'm, I, I'm just like thinking to myself, wait, am I watching Judge Dredd or what the fuck is this? Uh, <laughs> I am the law. Oh, and then later they like sit mention he's like judge, jury, and executioner. And I'm like, holy shit, this is Judge Dredd. Isn't yeah. It? <laughs> so <laughs> right, right after that, and then, you know, <laughs> he apparently shoots us in the face as an audience <laughs> with a gun. Then we get a rendition of uh, Stomp with uh, axes. <laughs> Yeah, I, well, and I, I this is where the whole editing so much out of this movie. The, apparently, there is a working print out there if you can find it. I, I want to know how much of this explanation of who this cult is and what they do, and really what why they exist. I, I feel like it's in that extended cut if it can ever be found, because like. I, that opening sequence, I'm looking and I'm like, you know what? If I were watching this for the first time, I would be drawn in by the first 10 minutes of this movie. Yeah. Because here's this guy, he's at the supermarket. <laughs> Things are going insane. There's these guys with axes and they're clinking them together like a really weird version of the, of the skulls. And then it's like the opening scene of the first episode of Game of Thrones. You, you see the, the the Nightwalkers, and then you don't see him again until the end of season three. It's like, what 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 about this thing? <laughs> that thing was kind of interesting. When's that coming back? I, I, we're going to talk about incest for a while. And, and your cult meets <laughs> in a in an empty swimming pool, and you have spray painting everywhere, and and tattoos that never get explained, and it's just like. It's such a strong opening for the steering straight into the ditch that this thing does. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, so yeah, I get the guy basically walks in the supermarket, pulls a shotgun, and just starts fucking blasting. Uh, and I guess, uh, I don't know, he was kind of an a hole, and then like a, a nosy bag boy walks up, like, hey, buddy, what are you doing? Come on, come on, come yeah. on. And if you work in retail, what's the first thing they teach you when there's unsavory characters in your store? Don't approach them. Nope. <laughs> like, just hope they get bored basically yes. <laughs> so then like oh yeah SWAT team's called in they surround the place uh, he's apparently got three or four hostages in there and he says he's got a bomb and all this shit and and, and the best part about this uh, the, the actor Marco Rodriguez every time I see him I can only see him as like the uh, the well-to-do the- father from Hamlet 2 <laughs> and, and he says that people refer to him as the disease yeah, <laughs> but he said he met Quentin Tarantino, and that's how Tarantino referred to him. Oh, you know, uh, excuse me. Yeah, and, and and then all of a sudden, here's Art Lafleur, which I, I saw his name in the opening credits, and I was like, wait a minute, Art Lafleur's in this, <laughs> playing the same role Art Lafleur plays in just about every movie, except Oscar, which is another Stallone film. Another Stallone, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> And then uh, you'll find out, like, the David Rashke's in this movie, too. And it's, it's just, like, some of the casting choices, I was like, these are great people. What happened? Yeah, well, we start, we've been watching uh, Deep Space Nines. We're about two seasons oh, in now. Yes. And then we realized that the uh, lieutenant or whatever is Garrick. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, Andrew Robinson, I think, is his yeah. name or something like that. The guy that played. Now, yeah, and we'll talk about him a little bit later. I've got some stuff on him of... 
what was supposed to be the original ending. Oh, the where he was the bad guy? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I was okay. like, that would have been amazing. I, 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 every time I watch this movie, I wait for that to be the thing because there's, we'll point it out, but there's definitely parts in this movie where it's like, the only reason he would say this is if he was the bad guy. Right. (laughs) And he's even got that weird, creepy look to him where you're like, it's something not right with this boy. Well, we're not going to creep shame. But, but still like the, the signs are all there. Yeah. And he was okay with it because he was like, oh, I just didn't have to be in the makeup chair for three hours. No, you take the hit because that would have been a much better ending. Oh, and uh, I say, and this coming from the guy who, again, was in Deep Space Nine for three or four seasons. Exactly. <laughs> in the makeup chair eight hours a day. <laughs> My favorite Star Trek series, by the way. I, I had never seen it. Like I said, we're about two seasons in. It's yeah. pretty damn good. Yeah, oh. and a lot of people have told us like that it's their favorite, so we're... Uh... It's great because it's so dark and gritty. It's it's so it's so everything next gen wasn't. And (laughs) when you get into the meat and potatoes of that series, you'll probably end up like, you know what? I can sleep later. Yeah, ain't got time for that. (laughs) Yeah, but I I watched it when you had to wait a week between episodes. So so we get to shoot up at, which was where we get the tagline. Yeah. And I'm the cure. Which apparently was supposed to be a callback later and they edited it out. Oh no. Um, but I just sat there going, like, he only kills one person. Right? There was no other deaths besides that guy, the guy that he he quote unquote set oh. free, right? Yeah, I don't know. I thought there were a couple when he was because he should he fired the shotgun like four or five times. I but you know, it was people like jumping over fruit and like exploding explosions and you know, 80 stuff. But yeah, with, with a shotgun that I've never seen reloaded as quickly as it was. Yeah, <laughs> uh, good lord. Um, and then it was a, there was a weird vantage point thing that threw me the first time where we get to the your disease and on the cure scene where you really have to pay attention because he actually is behind the counter in the meat section. Yeah. But if you're not paying attention, you just think he's in an aisle somewhere. And when Stallone kicks in the door, it gets very, very confusing. But I will say this, (laughs) using the intercom in the store to talk trash to the dirt bag, it's kind of a baller move. Yeah, that's that. That's how real negotiators do it. Yeah. <laughs> Listen up, dirtbag at aisle three. <laughs> I just, we know what I your like, demands are. We don't give a shit. Yeah, but 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 he's cope ready. He's part of the zombie squad, which is actually a real oh, thing. God. I heard. What? But no. Yeah, these were the guys in the eighties. This was a squad in the LAPD who basically took the jobs that the regular cops couldn't take. The, so when the, he talks the, about the, the zombie squad, squad that's based on a real thing. Wait, wait, oh, are you telling me that there are police officers out there that use no-knock warrants, oh, just wow. burst in, I start not, shooting? Judge, this jury, is a block and executioner in the past. LAPD? How dare you? This is, a, this is a block I'm driving past in fifth gear. <laughs> um, but it's just, apparently that was actually Stallone's car, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Awesome 50. <laughs> I was like, oh, come on, man. Like... <laughs> Of all the things you could put on that card, that's the license plate? Really? <laughs> but but I will give full credit to the cinematographer on this because think about the where technology was in 1986. 
the fact that they were able to shoot him in those shades. Because <laughs> yeah, I was looking. I was yeah. looking for the camera and the crew, and I couldn't see it. Yeah, yeah. But you always, whenever glass is involved in like most movies, I'm always like looking really close, like, all right, all right, just need a little. <laughs> there he is. That guy's got a mustache. Yeah. <laughs> and, yes. and there were such jumps in this thing. Yeah. Well, okay. So, so yeah. So Cabretti comes in, kills the guy, uh, and yeah, stops the bomb or whatever they had that apparently didn't have a dead man's trigger. Or like he had to like, yeah, that was weird to me. Didn't have a dead man switch on it because, yeah. Uh, yeah, it looks like when you go to a hotel and you need the concierge and you hit the bell. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> like that's what it looks like. It was like that. Is there even a switch on that? Well, that's where technology was in the 80s, man. Yeah. No, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, I could blow this lunch counter sky high. Yeah. But, but it, produce but course, is going to be fine. Yeah. But of course, taking care of this, you know, the Cobretti way, uh, the boss, you know, it's the 80s. So the the lieutenant or whatever is like, oh my God, you killed more people. This is, and all this property damage. It's like, he didn't do a damn thing, did he? Like, like as far as property damage, and the guy had a bomb, and it didn't go off, so... Yeah, the, the very disease least, did all the damage. Yeah. He just put a bullet in the dude. Yeah, but it's really just a way to get all the exposition out, like, ah, you and your zombie squad tactics, how dare you? This is, <laughs> this is ridiculous. You're, you're on suspension for, like, four hours. Like, Turn in your badge and you're gone. But you're the guy who made, who made the zombie squad. You're the guy who assigned me to it. Aren't you the guy who told me I should go out here and take out this guy? Yeah, oh, did you? So, I are like, hey, you called me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was having a sandwich. I wasn't here. <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, that's the best part. Then we see him go back to his apartment. And, oh, my God. I, I couldn't write down all the things in this apartment that I had questions about there well he's a cop he has a badge but he has a private investigator's office on the beach yeah yeah and and like his own files uh apparently he also had dance trophies that i noticed like when he first walks in the door there's some on a shelf there and are we supposed to believe that he's very destitute and that's why he cut the piece of pizza in half lengthwise no uh, no, he did it with scissors. That's the most ridiculous thing, guys. He was cutting his carbs. Oh. Uh, I like that. You know what? Hold on one second. Like, why doesn't he have an office at the headquarters? Doesn't trust anybody. I, I, I that was just so weird to me. I was like, well, but you and and, and the first continuity problem that I noticed was when he ripped the the shirt off the guy. Oh, and he was wearing a wire. No, that was his microphone because well, he couldn't yeah, put a yeah. boom out there. <laughs> yeah. That was my yeah. first time. I was like, oh, he's wired. He's working for the bad guys and they're recording the. Nope. Just. Well, and that's just it. Like, he walks away. I expect the guy, like, walking back and just, like, seeing the other guys in the car and being like, fuck, I got to get out of here and, like, run it off, never be seen again. But, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was just. Uh, uh, and then, is that the same guys that show up later? Yeah, apparently the same guy that, like, you know, casually pulls forward so that he can pull in later. He's like, hey, good on you, or whatever. You're a good citizen. Yeah. That's <laughs> oh, and the, the gun cleaning kid in the egg carton? That he pulled out of the fridge with the pizza. Yeah. He keeps his gun cleaning kits <laughs> in the fridge with his pizza. I, 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 I got nothing. Because, like, because he does it again later in the hotel, and I'm like, okay. Yeah. And obviously he's a cop that doesn't follow the rules because... Look at the weaponry he gets to carry, if nothing else. Oh, shit, yeah. 
And we forgot the <laughs> the the remount of the gun Western style after he takes the disease out. Where he's got to spit it a few times. And then, like, there's no way that in real life, if he had done what he did, he didn't shoot himself in the junk. It's just not possible. You're going you're gonna to slam dunk this gun back into your belt line, which we know you have a holster because you pulled it out of there earlier. Well, the, the first two takes, you know, he almost <laughs> shot himself in the knee. And then they're like, all right, we got to pull the firing mechanism out or something. This is uh, it's getting ridiculous, guys. Oh. <laughs> uh, so, so, yeah, after that, we get more zombie squad expedition, exposition. Uh, we also see that uh, the there's this group of people going around with axes and hammers and just rolling up on people in a van and killing them and like all kinds of shit. Well, but, it's right about here that we get introduced to Lee Garlington, right? Who? Lee Garlington, the, the, the lady. Oh, is that her name in this movie? <laughs> no, that, that's her name in real life. I couldn't remember her name in the movie. She's like, Oh, uh, so oh, do you think oh, there's no, some damage? No, no, yeah. Yeah. Not, not Brigitte. The other one. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Like, so. Where every time I saw her, I was like, Stocker Channing's in this movie. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but she doesn't last long uh <laughs> well no she makes it most of the way through because remember she's she's the she's the traitor with the cops oh oh i, I thought you were talking about one of the victim ladies oh but, no okay, no yeah the lady that was talking to the victim lady which at what point when i i look in my mirror and there's two guys with axes creeping up on the car you know what i'll just call my insurance company on my own yeah i'll, I'll i'm boom, out of here Boom. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so, so the inside lady is what I had her written down as. I, oh, okay. I, okay. I, I, I didn't, I didn't catch her name until like three quarters <laughs> of the way in as her character's name or whatever. But so, yeah, she's like the hookup of the DMV or whatever, where it's like Brigitte Nielsen drives by when they're like trying to just discard a body or whatever and sees the Night Stalker, you know, played by Brian Thompson, total badass. And <laughs> yeah. oh, and the knife that he has in this movie. So, so my brother has this knife, and he's had it since he was like no way. Yeah, since he was like thirteen years old. I don't think he's ever trick, seen this stop. movie until I showed it to him, and, and then he's like, "Wait, that's my knife!" Like, like he just saw it like <laughs> on a wall at a shop somewhere. He's like, "Yeah, that's the one I want," but he didn't know it was for this movie. It, well, no, it, he said you said he went on more than that. Like, how did I get my knife? Yeah, yeah. He's like, "Well, this <laughs> came out when you were four or two or whatever." So you have his knife. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but, but apparently yeah. it really was that sharp too. Oh, I'll bet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I, I kind of have a weak constitution as I'm getting older. I had to look away when he did the whole cutting himself with the finger thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, I was like, yeah, no, this is a hard pass. <laughs> it's like, mm, yeah, that, that looks real. All right. All right. <laughs> and it was so, that scene is so weirdly timed because. This is where we find out that they're coming after her and why they're coming after her while she's repelling the advances of what could be the creepiest. Like David Rashke in this scene made me physically uncomfortable. Yeah, the photographer is like, you know, all I'm saying is we could do a, a little bigger spread. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you just have uh, and to I'm, not, I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this for you. Yeah. No! So you guys have never been photographed by a guy before, I take it? I will neither confirm nor deny that, but still, I was in college and I needed the money, but (laughs) this, that whole scene, like, 
first of all, David Rasky plays those kind of characters. And it was weird to see him because I had just gotten a hold of, a, I don't know if you guys ever saw this. He did a television series in the 80s called Sledgehammer. I want to be. Yeah, is it based on the Peter Gabriel song, right? No, no, actually, no. Uh, it was a two season show where it was kind of, it was kind of police squatty, but not as much tongue in cheek. Oh. Like Rockford Files with less head injuries. Oh, there we go. You know what? I, I'll, I'll take that. Yes. Um, where he's just like, he's a cop, but like, he it's 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 tongue in cheek without parody, I guess. Okay. And he was the star of that show. And it's it's a brilliant show, but I knew it was never going to be a long blue race. But I got a hold of it this past week. I'm like, oh, and now he's in Cobra. This is weird. And apparently his <laughs> role was much bigger, too. Oh, in the extended originally. Of, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But because like he gets dispatched so quickly, you kind of I felt like I needed more time to hate him more. Well, and I and I think it's because like right right before this, there's like that montage where like uh, Cobra's going through like the red light district and trying to get leads on different things. Oh, it's the matched up with the fashion shoot and with his yeah. with his uh, with his sidekick. Yeah, uh, Tony was that his buddy's name. I think so. Something like that. Who apparently everybody loved. Oh yeah. Well, he's the good. He's the good cop to Cobra's bad cop. Well, I'm talking about like Offset too. Oh well, yeah. Like the guy that played Monty, they worked together on Dirty Harry. Oh. And it was one of those. Oh, you're in this. Okay, I'm good. You know. (laughs) We're square. (laughs) And you know what? Shame on Cobra for for judging his dietary choices. Oh, okay. That, that's another thing that's like throughout this movie, and it's just kind of like, well, you cut your pizza with scissors, so should I be taking yeah. your advice? I'm not really worried about sanitary and healthy choices from this guy. You, uh, you directed Staying Alive, right? Yeah, I'm gonna pass on your advice right now. Yeah, didn't your brother do a song on the soundtrack? I'm just saying. <laughs> you misused Kurtwood Smith, damn you! Oh, the great <laughs> Kurtwood Smith. <laughs> Could be one of the most underrated actors of our time, personally. So now we're up to the point where she's at the hospital. Yeah, yeah. She, the the gang or whatever like attacked her. They ended up killing that photographer guy, um, and she like gets away. I forget exactly how, but yeah, she yeah, ends up the, the slowest hospital. getaway in a jeep ever. So you can look at the villain as you go by the camera. Yeah. <laughs> And then, yeah, they, oh, yeah, that's right. There's, like, the axe attacks in the parking lot and, like, random bystanders, like, what's going on over here? Oh, shit, whack! Yeah. You know? <laughs> wrong place, wrong time, big homie. Yeah. Oh, he did. Oh, and, and in the hospital, she's, like, very skeptical. Like, you know, you know, obviously, you know, plain clothes, no-knock cops in the LAPD say, you know, like, hey, we're here to protect you. Like, well, that's weird. You guys don't, don't look, look like, like cops. cops. Yeah. And I don't want to go to sleep as they're injecting her with the sleep serum. Like, well, you kind of don't have a choice now, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> like, you well, you just, you just kick back and... You know. Oh, and they get that like the horrible uh, artist rendering of the the killer, or whatever, with like a <laughs> mock cheekbones. And... Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's it's like a picture of I were to draw Brian Thompson, which well, and, uh, and right right before that, the moment of cut to Stallone. Could you recognize him again if you saw him? Like how how had you already narrowed yourself into the cult leader? Uh, you know, it, it, again, it's the jumps that this thing takes. That you kind of want to go, you know what? I think I would have risked the X just to explain some of these things. But in 1986, you could just blow stuff up and it was okay. That's so true. Well, 
and and then luckily we also get the scene here where the night stalker he's like mad because she got away or whatever so now he has to go in the hospital together so he dyes his hair and puts on some glasses to totally hide himself. and gets yelled yeah. at by the lady in the elevator because he didn't take the freight elevator with the yeah. mop bucket. most realistic scene oh. ever oh when, when he's like reaching for the knife by the yeah. way knife just casually tucked in the back of like sweatpants or whatever yeah with no and, like, that stabbed him in the ass yeah yeah <laughs> That would have severed his spine if he turned wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he's like pulling that and like like looking like he's gonna stab her or whatever. I'm like, he he's not gonna do that, right? Like that And that lady <laughs> was giving him the business too. Oh yes. Yeah. I was like, As wow. she should. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean it was definitely unsanitary. She had blood samples, they could have been tainted. Well, you know, obviously at that point he looked like a nerd, not like a towering seven foot, two hundred and eighty pound muscle man. And what was he dyeing his hair with? Uh, Was that crude oil? What was going on? What was your day? Oh, I I don't. Maybe it's been a while since I've actually witnessed that process, but it just oh, it gets everywhere. You're not supposed to let it like drip down your nose. I believe it's called Sicilian slick. No, I don't know. You guys are on fire over there. (laughs) <laughs> oh i was gonna say uh it was around this time uh oh yeah that's right um cobra like went back to his apartment to check out his own files and cross-reference whatever regine nelson was telling yeah, him with with his big binder yeah you have a computer sitting right there that the uh, that the trader lady found everything she needed in three keystrokes but you gotta hit that binder big man yeah well you know you can't trust computers well, he was using the computer for the fingerprints. So maybe it was, you know, it's 1986 computing where you couldn't, you could only run one program at a time. Oh, yeah. From an MS DOS prompt. <laughs> the Apple IIc checking in. What's that, Grandpa? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we had when I was your age and we liked it that way. We, we had computers made out of apples. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, that's around this time, uh, Cobra gets a call and says, buddy, Tony, like, all right, I'm here at the office. What do you want me to grab for you? Well, well, you're supposed to be at the hospital. Like, no, you called me up, uh, or like Central <laughs> called me up. And, yeah. And like, what? Oh, shit. And so they're like racing back to the hospital. Uh, uh, and he was already on the floor four four rooms away. Yeah. But Stallone has enough time to get out of his office, which is on the second floor, we learn in the beginning, to get into the car, to drive to the hospital, to get there in enough time that he barely misses the Night Stalker because Brigitte Nielsen's character hits the fire alarm. Yeah, it was a lot of, like, drawn out, like, I don't know, the Night Stalker stopped to grab a snack or something on the way, or, like... (laughs) There's that whole scene with the nurse that like finds the body, and I guess he. Has oh, to that too. that scene in the commentary. Oh, no. So she's talking to the security guard. She goes to walk away, and Cosmetos goes, "I wonder. I bet you know what's going to happen to her." Good <laughs> <laughs> night. <laughs> like he's MST three King, his own movie. Uh, and then you get to the jack and jill bathroom oh okay so yeah so basically uh that sucker gets into the room pulls the curtain back ready to stab and she's gone because apparently she's in the shitter and (laughs) and when you when you have to go to the bathroom you want to make sure it still looks like there's somebody in the bed 
Yeah, with all the pillows and stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah, a whole, whole bunch of that. And then she like comes casually out. Like I expect her to be like washing her hands or something. And then she sees him like, oh shit! And then you get like a shining reenactment. I was gonna say, and then you're just like, door. ooh, Kubrick's estate's gonna sue somebody. Yeah, <laughs> that's why you got Cosmatos as the director just to take the fall. Well, and, uh, and and I don't know if this would be a fun fact or not, but apparently they just had a machine that had a bunch of the blades on it and they just spun it. And that's how they did all the sticking of the knives through the door. Cause yeah. if you look, none of those knives are done the same way. It's like one of them has less blood. And another one looks like it's like all the blood's dried on it. And it's like, this is weird. Yeah. And, if, and if I'm going to have a Jack and Jill bathroom, I should put a bunch of machinery on the other door. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right in the way to block it when she's trying to get yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> Some nurse gets fired. No, uh, <laughs> it's a fire hazard. Damn it! Uh, and yeah, you know, and most of that stuff would have been on wheels anyway. Oh yeah, yeah, but the wheels were locked. <sighs> but so. yeah, Co- Cobra gets there in the nick of time, uh, or, or I guess she pulls the fire alarm, and Cobra gets there, and I, I guess uh, Night Stalker is like, whatever, I'll get her next time or something. But then, like, goes home and you know, cuts himself for a little bit. Or Did like you want him to shake his fist? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and yell out, curses! I don't know, something like that. I'll get you next time, my pretty. I'll get you next time, Gadget. Yeah, there you go. Oh, <laughs> oh God. And, okay, so then the plan is like, all right, well, these guys are obviously trying to kill you. We gotta, like, move you around. And uh, here, you want the rest of this apple? Yeah. <laughs> oh, and oh yeah, we also forgot about them fighting over her leftover food. Oh yeah, him and Tony like. <laughs> oh, you're not gonna eat the rest of this, right? You know, you want this? I'll, I'll you don't take want the, the cake. You want the cheese? No, yeah, 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 you because the cheese is a better nutritional option than the cake. Yeah, there's, more, there's more protein in it. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and she's like, and she's looking at him like, guys, I'm, guys, I'm still here. Trauma here. I, I'm I'm about to you know get get a little bit of a uh, a little bit of morphine here. Uh, you guys mind taking this outside? And didn't I just get some sleepy medicine stuck into my arm? Shouldn't I be passed out right now? And, and then like instead of staying hidden until the Night Stalker rocks away, she sees Cobra and runs straight down the hallway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a lot of odd decisions in this movie. Uh... <laughs> and it's like, where are we going? Safe house. Okay. Okay. Done. <laughs> okay. Okay. So yeah. So him and Tony and her, and then of course the fourth person of this group is the inside girl that we we know has been given the information to the group. It's like, wait, she's just like glorified DMV, right? Like she's not even a street cop. I don't know she's... that we ever know who she works for. I mean, we know that she has a badge and a uniform. Is she part of zombie squad? Then why is she a part of this? You know what? I, you know, and and why would we put her in the car with the sidekick? And then if we're going to put her in the car with the sidekick, (laughs) why would we have the other guys take them out? Wouldn't you want her to be on the tail of them? Look, that's not what's important right now. What's important right now is that we got a nice little fast and furious car chase. Oh boy. Do we ever. Oh God! When okay, so he's driving the big, you know, lead sled, the fifty Oldsmobile or whatever the hell it is. He's driving, and then he like flips it into reverse and starts shooting backwards. Up, I'm like, "Yep, Fast and Furious. This, this, uh, this is how this works now." Oh, and then, we, but you've also yeah. got like the most powerful Datsun B210 ever made, apparently. 
<laughs> it's just like, of course, we have to have the take that 1950 olds and jump out of a second story parking garage. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, that, that's how you, that's how you catch up with the uh, the other one, the other car yeah. that, that you're chasing now. <laughs> Which then leads to one of my favorite lines in the film. Buckle up. <laughs> Which is a commentary. He says, Scott says at that moment. That is very good advice, especially when you are in a car. You should buckle your seatbelt. <laughs> sure. Let's go. Thanks, George. <laughs> but yeah. This brought uh, to you by the Ad Council. Yes. Unfortunately, the uh, buckling up doesn't seem to work too much because uh, they go right into a gas tanker and it fucking explodes. And, <sighs> and then and, uh, and there just happen to be two oil tankers on either side of the intersection because that's what you do. Yeah. 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 Yeah, see, you get it. Well, because they were in Guest Town. <laughs> you know, it's the <laughs> Oh, you completely just took me off guard there. Well played. 80,000 gallons of gasoline. Oh. <laughs> that, that is one of those moments that I'm glad I wasn't drinking something because I would have shorted out my laptop. <laughs> um, I was gonna say and why things. is it that it works there, but when it happens later, it almost destroys the truck? Different atmospheric pressures. Uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> but they keep on driving. Uh, I, I've written down they use Nitro Boost, which, of course, that the lead sled has Nitro Boost because. Yeah, of course it does because. Nitro Boost! Because this is Cuba! No. Uh, <laughs> they do start doing the little bridge hops, uh, like all those, those Venice Beast. Oh, I loved that, though, because we had to finish it by plowing through the the warning sign so that the signals could explode. Yeah, the wrong way. Fireworks. (laughs) And then plows right into a boat. And I'm like, oh, shit, they're dead, right? Nope, still alive. They roll out. He's standing there with the gun, and I'm expecting the car to pull back around because, you know, before they were being chased by him, it was like... Oh, yeah, that's right. We're supposed to kill those guys, right? Nope. Cutscene. We're done here. <laughs> and so, yeah, and so now we're, we're driving up the coast because somehow the sidekick and the trader lady have found another car to follow them in. Although it looked like kind of like the same car, but that couldn't be the same car because it had the front end of it smashed into oblivion. <laughs> it's like the uh, the General Lee. It's like they have a bunch of those cars just as backups. <laughs> it's, it's in a fleet. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and, and then we get to probably my favorite scene in the movie, and that this this when we get to the restaurant. Oh well, actually, just before we get to that, we got to get to where he's talking to the uh, the lieutenant and. I don't know, four or five other lieutenants or whatever talking about like, all right, we know this night soccer is trying to get this. Like, obviously it's Oh, the Michael Bay shot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, obviously it, it's not a group of people like Cobra saying, and it's like, wait, you know, at least four people were in the two cars trying to kill these guys in this chase. So at least four, I might consider that an army of killers. Well, and also works because he kind of detracted them from the trail of the cult if they had kept the original ending. Exactly. That's where I'm like, okay, this guy's obviously one of the bad guys. Yeah, he knows something. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that goes nowhere because they cut the movie. Um, And I just have written down, oh, yeah, where's the the inside girl? So then we go to the safe house, the the new safe house, and it's like, oh, okay, there she is. (laughs) 
<laughs> I, I figured she had like run off or got killed or something or uh, I don't know, but nope, she's still around. Uh, so we get to okay, so let's get to the restaurant scene because oh, yes, something yes, yes. happens here. First of all, in what could be the biggest failed joke of the movie, when he grabs the foam burger, a yawn tray's ready. Oh wait, it's not when he uh, when he fonzes the jukebox together. That was my right? next point, and I'm yeah. glad because I said the exact same thing. Did he just fonzie that jukebox? Yeah. And not only did he fonzie it, like when Fonzie would hit hit the jukebox, you'd have wood whoop up, loop up, whoop bamboo. This was a ballad. Well, you know he, that was he Gladys hit, Knight and Bill Medley. Yeah, he hit it just right because you know he's trying to set the mood with Brigitte. So. Yeah. Oh. Also, it, in that that entire scene, you can see behind him there's the advertisement for Cobra Malt Liquor, yeah. and it's like over his head. So it's like just in case you forgot who this character was, Cobra. <sighs> and we have to make the joke about her drowning the fries in ketchup, but but he's got to keep an eye on the trader lady because she's looking kind of shifty. Oh yeah, well when she goes out to the uh the payphone and makes the call or you know what she say she's like call, calling to check in at home with the kids or something like that yeah. and it's like yeah you still shouldn't be doing that on this job. So Yeah. Yeah, cuz aren't we supposed to basically be off the grid at this point to yeah. get her to the safe house? Yep. Uh, well, you know, they're at the Oh my god, the, the name of this place the the quote unquote crossroads motor court. <laughs> Ugh. Like why? Why is that in parentheses? Why is the in parentheses? Not to be confused with the original Crossroads Motor Court by Ray's. I don't know. Ugh. Yeah, and a safe house is a motel. Yeah, I mean, perfectly safe. Have you seen? Especially Halloween when it, uh, it looks like they may have erased the word Bates when they pulled in. But other than that. <laughs> And then, you know, she's out at the phone booth. And I wonder if there how many people were watching this movie. And I go, what the heck is that? Yeah, there was a time. <laughs> Gather around, children. Let yes. me tell you a tale tell of you Apple about computers and, <laughs> and giant boxes you used to talk Superman into. Superman used to change in these. <laughs> it's along the same principle as a uh, Dixie cup with a string on it. Yeah. You <laughs> talk into it and your friend would place it upon their ear. Wait, wait, we liked wait. it that way. So, so grandpa, so you would, you would step into a glass fish bowl and a light would come on and you'd make your call. So like, is it, is it a rape box? Is that how you go looking to get raped? <laughs> well, they're going to have to explain it somehow. Cause you're going to have it in the next Bill and Ted movie. Good point. Because they, they do bring the phone booth back well, because reasons. Hey, they're they're going to bring George Carlin back too. <sighs> they're going to grandma off darken it. Just wait. <laughs> yeah. On. Although that was convincing in Rogue One better than Leia was. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> that that hurt my soul. That caused me physical pain. In that <laughs> so you're so now she's asleep. Oh. And he decides this is the perfect time to clean a gun that nobody owns. He owns it, obviously. That is a black market gun, I guess? No, it's his gun. Yeah, it's, it's many, it's many guns. It's I would a say. zombie squad gun. Ah, there it when is. What he keeps in the freezer, obviously. <laughs> yeah. What the hell is it? It's not like he's eating ice cream. Well, he, he's like locking and loading it and everything, and she and she like wakes up like, oh, sorry, am I waking you? It's like, yeah, of course you are. Yes! You're preparing for World War III uh, because you know it's coming because you know uh, Inside Girl just 
told the biker gang where we are apparently oh and then Brigitte's just like oh just relax a little bit come have a just lay down and sleep a little bit Give me a yeah, come lay down. I need you to lay down next to me okay yeah you're right let's not worry just you know you've been found out everywhere else we've been and I'm trying to keep you from getting murdered yeah. right and and make sure that you put the bed in the corner where both windows are yeah. Well, you know, this you gotta is the ha- safest safe house ever. You got to have that a uh, 180 degree view of uh, your surroundings. Good choices were made. <laughs> oh. So morning comes, and the 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 Night Stalkers biker gang, I guess, shows up and starts shooting up the place. Um, and it's like, are you guys gonna run? No. Okay. Cool. Because they like hear them coming, or they like, or like probably like. Oh, yeah, we should uh, drive off or something. Nope, get back in the, the They were getting ready to switch room. safe houses. Yeah. Like, they, everybody was packing up. Sounds like, I'm just going to go check the car kind of a thing. Yeah. And it's then a- it's like, and then they hear the, And in the longest chase ever as we hit the road and the sun is now up. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. sun will come up tomorrow. And it did in the most mad max fashion possible oh my god there are dozens of bikers with like machine guns and all yeah. the stunts of like all the guys like sliding and hitting into like barricades on the side of the road the, the, and... the stunts are really good yeah they really kind of are I, I can't deny that i mean some of these i was like somebody did somebody actually get hurt right then because yeah. oh there's a couple of scenes where i'm pretty sure a stunt guy got run over yeah. Oh, when they hit that that like fiery roadblock that they had set up to, yeah. like a mile down the road and just kind of plow through it, it's like fuck. But uh, <laughs> but yeah. So so they hit that roadblock or whatever. And then it's like, oh, quick, get to the factory over there. Uh, it was a okay. Java. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I'm glad he did have that line of exposition earlier. It was like, where are we? It's a foundry town. Don't worry about it. Or, you know. <laughs> Yeah, and I don't know about you, but when I'm looking for something that's that's in a factory like that, I want to make sure that when I build one, I build a wall that looks like a large mouth with spiky teeth and flames behind it. Yeah. Just because, you know, it's about the feng shui. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it gives uh, the employees something to look forward to every day. <laughs> it's, a, it's about morale. Yeah. Well, you know, when you're hanging around, you know, molten molten iron and uh, flying sparks all day, you know, it's the little things. And and if you're Cobra, do you just tell her, like, keep climbing stairs as high as you can possibly go? I mean, it's the only way to be safe. Or or just sit here around this corner. You'll be fine. <laughs> here, hide in this dark corner, even though you kind of glow in the dark. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, we get a lot of like grenades and stuff and just explosions and of course all the sparks and people being thrown into like fucking, um, oh God, it's just, it's the burner, like the incinerators. Yeah. And, oh, you had the hot magma. Liquid hot magma. Yeah. <laughs> just, ah. <laughs> oh. oh, that the, so the laser decoy with his laser sight. Yeah. And, like, when you saw those big hooks, you're like, okay, if these don't play a role into somebody dying, that this could yeah. be the, the worst MacGuffin ever. It must have been cut! No, but it did. That's that's how that's how we got rid of, of, of the main guy. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, spoiler. 
<laughs> oh, the the like the, Martian the, the guy who was like a sniper at the motel or whatever, like he's in there, and like Cobra's like a uh, floor above him. He's like, oh shit, fires up there, but instead hits like a barrel of gas that like immediately dumps all over him. And so Cobra's like, yeah, have a cigarette. I don't know how many mid '80s video game developers just used this for so much content. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> it, it's so just, good. <sighs> and and really, like you kind of get a glimpse into the into the cult as the Night Stalker has his final speech, but it still doesn't make enough sense to make sense. Wait, you mean the speech where he's screaming, "Let's play, pig! I want yeah. your eyes, pig! Like you want to go to hell? We know there's a new order. Eyes. There's a new order, and there's gonna be a thing." But not a new enough order to for him not to know how the judicial system works. So, <sighs> wait, wait, you, you you ready for this, Rob? <clears throat> Go for it. We are the future. <laughs> but uh, what's your response to that, Rob? Yep, yeah, Rob. What's your response to that? I, I uh, oh, oh no, here, I'll help. no, your history, your history. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> This is where cups is, cups end and I begin. Yeah. <laughs> and, then it, and then at this point, uh, Night Stalker basically like gives up and he's like, you gotta take me in, pig! Even <laughs> I have rights! Huh? You gotta take me in! They'll say I'm insane! <laughs> I mean, granted, he sold that like, they're like, Academy voters cast your votes now. Like oh, he was yeah. selling that thing. So yeah. good. Yeah, and, Thompson, man, he's amazing. Oh. Yep, but then uh oh yeah, that's right. Then uh uh the inside girl basically comes out of nowhere and like jumps on Cobra's back. Oh, that scene. Yeah. <laughs> Remind me of that scene when we get to fun facts because right. oh, there's a story there. And, but but you got to admit that the, the the genius fight scripting of well how do we dispatch her well Cobra's going to spin around and the Night Stalker's going to end up shooting her in the back with the shotgun yeah like I had to give credit there I was like oh okay I, I like that because that way you could she she got she got her moment but it it wasn't a cheesy death. Yeah, it wasn't like he spun around and she, I don't know, flew off into the molten lava like it's Terminator 2 or something. Right. Give a thumbs up <laughs> on the way out. <laughs> well, maybe not a thumb, but... but And you yeah, really yeah. don't get to actually, like, you see it happen, but there's no payoff to the death that I remember. Like, you didn't get the yeah. shot of her, like, life leaving her. No, she just gets, like, tossed off to the side after she gets shot. Then it's And then it's immediately into knife versus chain fight, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then he loses the chain, but then picks the chain back up. Yeah. As if it's going to work better the second time. Yeah. Then they just start, like, wrestling on the ground a little bit. And, like, you know, the head over the lava. And it's like, oh, no, he's going to get put in. Or maybe the other guy. Uh, nope. Just starts punching the shit out of him. And uh, puts him up on a meat hook. I feel like he should have at least gotten nicked by the knife. Right? Give, give me a payoff there where, like, he's so tough that he gets nicked by this 
knife that's sharper than Wolverine's claws, but he still is able to fight through the pain. Let's just say with the brass knuckle spike part, like you, yes! you, know, you get that across the arm and there's like four things on there. And it's like, oh yeah, that was an ode to uh, Enter the Dragon. Like, oh, bullshit, but okay, I'll buy it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's I feel like it was something that could have been mirrors. attached to a Billy Idol mic stand more than anything, but... <laughs> and, yeah. and there and there but, the, but there was also really no payoff to, to that knife he never yeah. got to really use it in cool ways that i think they could have done he didn't even cut his pizza in half Wait. oh now see now you got something where he cuts his pizza with the knife and still don't kind of look like oh, oh, God. Oh, <laughs> or, or or like he's got like a, a charcuterie plate and he picks up like the little cubes of cheese with like the, the yes. knuckle part. Like, <laughs> we'll fight pig, thing. but first Brie? Yes. <laughs> How do you like your salami? <laughs> Go bready. Or whatever. Yeah. Zucker Brothers, if you're listening, I will sign off on that seat. That's right. Hey, if you're looking for a tall guy who really doesn't look like brian thompson but we'll play that part this guy right here (laughs) but it's taller than a door frame that's true but it could have you know at least it could have given us something in that scene oh yeah well instead you know they said like he gets put on the meat hook or whatever i know it's like for i don't know holding a car whatever the hook's there for but they takes him up. He's like, "Oh God!" And then takes him into the incinerator and sets his ass on fire. In yeah. a on a conveyor almost as slow as anyone ever used in the Batman sixty six television series. It's like, what did it take <laughs> like an hour week. and a half for him to get to the end of that thing? Yeah, about hey, that. You run know. time, run time. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in next week to see if Batman Let's gets go. the Night Stalker. Same uh, bad time, same bad yeah. channel. <laughs> And just and Cobra just watching it happen. I just wanted him at one point just to kind of look at his watch and just keep looking. <laughs> Can we get you to pay off here? Exactly. And he's like, technical difficulties. <laughs> and, and then after like a full minute, he's just like, all right, fuck this, and starts walking away. Yeah. <laughs> or, or like pulls out a gun and shoots him. <laughs> Breaks the fourth wall and goes, we can all assume how this ends, right? I mean... He's not going nowhere, right? I've I've got a motorcycle to steal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was the best part. Yeah, so yeah, so all the cops show up because you know the foundry's on fire and there's corpses all over the place. Well, and... The town's been run out by a gay by a murderous <laughs> gang. Like the entire town's been cleared out because obviously this is a currently working, you know, smelting plant. Yeah. Well, and and we find out his buddy Tony's still alive. Yeah. And babe, what does Tony want? What does he want, Steve? He wants gummy bears. He wants gummy bears! And as an American, he has that right? That's right. You guys have all seen uh, Cloudy with the Chance of Meatballs, right? It's been years, but yes. Steve also (laughs) wants gummy bears. Steve! It's the the universal food. (laughs) (laughs) Our Steve here does despises gummy bears. But uh, he did enjoy the movie. We only... He only just saw it two weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, really? Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs? I don't know if I've seen the sequel, though. Yeah, I I had seen the sequel because it was on Netflix, but the original one wasn't. And uh, But yeah, the original one's fantastic. I highly recommend it to everybody. Yeah. Okay. Uh, same with uh, what was the, the horror movie we saw? Sinister. Sinister. Yeah, they only had Sinister like, Two Sinister, on for like Sinister three Two years. is always on Netflix, but mm. the first one not. And then oh shit, it's on. Gotta watch it now. Breaks. It's about to. About also to... recommends it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've been uh, I've been queue binging lately. Just like put that in my queue, put that in my queue. I'll probably never watch it, but put that in my queue. Uh, Just so, like Hellraiser, put it in his cube. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's time back to Lieutenant. Anyway. That's right, Andrew Robinson. That's right, he was in that, wasn't he? Nice, nice tie-in. Good old old Larry Cotton. That's right. (laughs) That's why you have me around. Good job, Hey, you know what? Izzy got me twice in one episode. I mean, that... That's what I'm here for, being wildly inappropriate and coming up with the weirdest (laughs) connection. Yeah, so uh, Lieutenant Dad from Hellraiser comes back and he's like, well, good job, Cobretti. You really put these fuckers away. Uh, Let us know if there's anything we can do for you. Can you, replace my, can you replace my car? Yeah, that's not in the budget, but still, thanks. Anything but that. Yeah. No. Uh, and, then, and then I'll take your toys. No, you're not taking my guns, homie. Hell no. <laughs> Over my and he's just like, okay, cool. hands. <laughs> it's like, we don't know how many of these guys are still out here, and now I'm weapon. Yeah, I'm still suspicious of you. <laughs> but he gets to leave in the helicopter. It's true. Oh, yeah, yeah. Can I give you a ride home? No, I got Woody. Uh, but 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 first, no no hard feelings, right, Cobra? Flap. <laughs> that is quite satisfying, especially knowing what was supposed to happen there. Yeah, I, I, that's my last note. Is there? I still think he's in. <sighs> They're saving him for the sequel. That's yeah. what it is. Cobra Two: The Rise of GI Joe. Wait, <laughs> Cobra Two: The Rise of the Cult that we couldn't name in the first one. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, as you mentioned, uh, Cobra steals a bike from one of the many corpses in the foundry, just drives off, roll credits. Yeah, and the in the downhill biker sequence that gets us to the end credits and John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band and all of their glory voices of America's sons. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Cobra. Uh, Rob, would you recommend Cobra? Just say it yes. would depend on the situation. As an owner of the Blu-ray, just say yes. <laughs> this is a movie that I feel is best watched in groups. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah. Like watching this movie by myself, I don't think I, I would have enjoyed it as much as if uh, my co-hosts on the Clubhouse podcast were with me. Because, and I've already told Alex, like. You're watching this with the commentary. This is happening. And <laughs> so he's wanna, just like... So this is a movie you want to watch with friends or a gang or possibly a cult. There you go. Because, you know, maybe you can, you can take some tips, you know, on how to properly clang your axes together without cutting yourself. Because that's very important. Oh, and in oh, rhythm. Yes. Cling, uh, well, can we call cling. that rhythm? I, I, I would say more unison than yeah. rhythm because I couldn't figure out the rhythm. Yeah, yeah, I was trying, like, there were parts where it was, like, kind of syncing up with the music, but not really. And it was like, okay. And then the next verse is completely different. Okay. I think they're just randomly banging now. Well, at least they were all in unison. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, now I'll do it three times. Now two, now four, now 17. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Simon says. No, uh, <laughs> Absolutely. I love this ridiculous movie. In fact, I love this ridiculous movie so much. While I was watching it, I was thinking with, you know, the rise of cops not knocking and coming in and shooting people up, this would be a fascinating movie given to the correct director to be remade. You did mention that. I was like, holy shit, you got a point. Yeah, I I mean, I would love to see a remake of this done right. So who stars as Marion Cobretti in this one? Oh, this remake. Izzy, I'm going to default to you while I think about this. Hmm. Ooh. Yeah? Ooh. Who are you thinking, Steve? Chris Evans. 
Oh. Yeah. Oh, like, who else could be a charismatic lead in a movie like this and still cut his pizza with scissors? I mean, if you really want somebody who is a Stallone. (laughs) Vin Diesel wearing a wig. Oh, Lord have mercy. You know what? Dwayne could do it. Oh, actually, you know what? Give me The Rock. I know who it is. The Rock is a good choice, but yes, Steve? Joseph Gordon-Levitt reprising his role <laughs> as Cobra from G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra. Cobra Commander. Oh. Yep. Yep. We're oh. doing it, guys. And uh, instead of Brigitte Nielsen, it's, uh, I don't know. Ooh, it's ooh, it's the girl from Stranger Things. But she's a minor. Don't worry really, about Bobby it. We're not, going, we're not going that deep into it. See, now see, I'm thinking, like, if we want to do this right, Obviously, he's like a cop who's made mistakes in the past because he just goes in shooting. But he's trying to do right by this poor girl who can play tortured and be super charismatic and believable in a few action scenes. I'm I'm kind of thinking. Uh, oh fuck! My brain just stopped working. Um, always. It doesn't count as a pick unless you say it, babe. I know, right? <laughs> fuck. Give, give us something that he's done. Give us some of his work. <laughs> Oh my god! You guys don't understand my brain. One hundred percent locked up. Will Sorry. Smith. Yep, that's it. No. Nope. Um, give me one second. Sorry, future Steve. This is what, your problem what, now. What are you looking up? Give us hints. We're movie guys. <laughs> Has your brain ever just completely gone into a full blown lockup? No. I would say in the in the Brigitte Nielsen role, give me Mila Kunis. Oh yeah, there we go. Yep, I got it. Ashton Kutcher, Mila Kunis. The boom. No. No. <laughs> With, with Harrison Ford as the plucky sidekick, we call it Homicide 2 Cobra, or Hollywood Homicide 2 Cobra. Get out of my conference room. <laughs> oh, he's the uh, the lieutenant that's actually the head of the cult at the end. Oh. Yeah. Look at my satanic tattoo on this folding skin. Oh my god, I can't believe my brain froze up on Ryan Gosling. Oh. Gosling. Oh, oh, you know shit. what? You, you think about Drive, it makes sense. No, you think about Gangster Squad. That's you just rename it, it Zombie Squad. Squad. Yep. <laughs> you could even have Sean Penn as uh, the Brian Thompson. You pivot where it's more about the Zombie Squad as a group. Guys, and they're going Squad after the cult. It's the remake? prequel. It's the prequel. Oh, shit. It's the origins of Zombie Squad. I'm not going to lie, guys. <laughs> I I like Gangster Squad. It's a good film. It's, it's a I good. It. It's one of those movies that you can just put on and enjoy and not have to look into too bad. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's you don't have to think like I was just not doing for like five minutes straight there. <laughs> oh my god, you got like it was one of those things where it was like it was right there. I was delivering it, and then my brain was just like. <laughs> I, I no. love leave your brain at the door movies. <sighs> x-men first class let's go <laughs> yeah because you have to leave your geek brain at the door or it will explode from the continuity issues how dare you talk about what? kevin bacon that way no no i love first class everything after it took the nosedive but i thought first class was great but it's just so far out of continuity it's almost back in it <laughs> uh well on that note we're gonna take a quick commercial break but when we come back we have more beer Fun facts. Yeah. What we learned from Cobra. Woohoo! Cobra! (laughs) Cobra! I love the smell of movies in the morning. There's no feeling in podcasts. There's no feeling in podcasts. This podcast will be quite operational when your friends subscribe. Feels. Real feels. Not the feels! Not the feels! Out of all the podcasts I've encountered. 
Real Feels was the most human. Hey, it's Drew. And Nathan. And Jack. Hey guys, we're the Real Feels Podcast. We come to you every other Wednesday with a brand new movie of a different genre every single time. So make sure to catch us on iTunes, Podbean, and any other podcatcher out there. You're the realist. And the feelist. Come to Yeha. Hey everyone, you're invited to Harpy, Harpy Hour. Hour. I'm Tracy. I'm Liz. I'm Steph. We are the Harpies. And Harpy Hour is our new podcast featuring ridiculous stories in history, science, and entertainment. Were you ever suspicious that pigeons were secretly spying on you? How do you know who to eat first if you survive a shipwreck? Do problematic musicals send you into an uncontrollable rage? If so, then Harpy Hour might be your new favorite podcast. That's H-A-R-P-Y for Harpy, and new episodes air every Tuesday wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on all social media at Harpy Hour Pod. And check us out on harpyhourpodcast.com. Okay, bye! I would love to have Stallone watch that and do a commentary track on it. Oh, yeah, I, I don't think he does that, though, because... Well, first off, you can't do subtitles for a commentary track, right? Yeah, it's fair. <laughs> yeah, see, but this was, this God, this was so at the apex of his ego. Oh, well, his 80s is, you know. Yeah. He he was the first one to get, you know, $10 million a movie or whatever. He's like, fuck you, Brando. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you say the uh, the real-life zombie squad was in Belgium? No, I, it was uh, it was an LAPD thing. Oh, because one of my fun facts is that uh, he, uh, Stallone said he got the idea for the LAPD zombie squad from a real-life zombie squad in Belgium comprised really? of cops who got out at night and handled crazed criminals on their own terms. Maybe that's what it was, and I just read it wrong. Hey, I heard you like movies. I heard you like to hustle. I heard you like podcasts. Well, guess what? There's a podcast for you out there called The Home Video Hustle. Damn right. Every Friday, we talk about whatever movie PJ picks out the bag. What does that mean? Every Wednesday on our YouTube page, I put a bunch of movies in a bag, and PJ picks one out at random. And then we just watch it. We talk about it for maybe like an hour, hour and a half, two hours. Whatever we feel like doing, wherever the conversation leads us. But do we actually talk about the movie? Most of the time. Ah. Tangents galore. Yes. So believe me, we may be a movie podcast, but it's not always about movies. We might talk about video games. Mm-hmm. Music. music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the big one, music. Uh, sometimes we might get a little bit of politicalness in there. Yes. Sometimes we may just, oh, we know what we like to do. We like to tell stories, PJ. Ah, yes. I am the master storyteller <laughs> yes. of the podcast realm. <laughs> Undefeated. So if you like to hear about movies, video games, whatever foolishness comes to our mind, the most random stuff you could think of, check out the Home Video Hustle. You can find us on the Stitchers, yes, the Google Play, yes, Apple Podcasts, what else? Podbean, what else? Podcast Addict, goddamn, all that. Ain't no reason you can't get your hustle on. We everywhere, worldwide, baby. Hustle, motherfucking hustle. Hey, we can't cuss in the promo, PJ. Ah, we gotta be family friendly. There may be podcasts out there that don't want his hair to say. Ah. Yeah, all that good fun stuff. <laughs> well, <laughs> f- you. <Yeah. laughs> don't, don't, don't run the listeners away, Pete. Ah, I'm sorry. But this is going kind of long. Yes. So we'll end this and say, hey, check out the Home Video Hustle every Friday on all the various podcast outlets. Peace. Peace. Hi there. My name is Sam Sawyer, and I am on the super awesome podcast, Everything I Learned from Movies. And we're back. Oh, my God, Steve. Those are the greatest ads that I've ever added in the history of adding. Oh, she said it. They get better every week. Ah, but I don't know. Talking about Cobra and hanging around that molten lava got me a little thirsty. Yeah. 
so from Vernal Brewing Company, we have their Directional Smoked Porter. Woo! Uh, let's see. <laughs> Man up. Don't be afraid to ask for these directions. 27 miles south of Vernal, Utah, you'll find Drilling, Desert, and the Devil's Playground. What? Okay. <laughs> these, these ones get weirder and weirder. These so. ones have been getting weirder and weirder. Vernal, you guys uh, you guys might be getting a little high on your own supply there. Yeah. Uh, excuse me while I pop my top. Oh, his top. Nice. And the poor. Ooh, this is a Solid nice... Solid right there. Yeah, very dark beer. It's got... It's basically got a brown foamy head. Lots of tiny bubbles. Appears to be dissipating mm-hmm. fairly quickly, so I'm guessing it's a on the higher end of the ABV rate. Yeah, it must be. Gonna get that cat hair out of my uh, beer there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, really chocolatey mm. aromas right on the nose. Yeah, chuck- got in for the sip. Yeah, see, chocolatey aroma, but when you uh, sip it, it's a lot drier than I was expecting. Like, usually there's a lot of malt backbone to it. Yeah. But it's still got, yeah, really nice roasty notes. and uh, Yeah, you can really taste the smoked peat in it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah nice, nice dry uh, porter here. Rob, are you uh, still enjoying the uh, La Croix Limoncello over there? I am. Uh, very much, very lemony, very cello-y. Uh, probably one of their stronger flavors, though. It doesn't have as much of the seltzer water flavor to it as some of their other flavors do. Yeah, I also have that flavor. Yeah, it's wonderful. You get a little hit of the lemon, and then it finishes almost vanilla-ish. Yes, so it's it's, it's not too bitter. It's not too acidic. It's it's really nice. And uh, as we discovered, it goes really delightfully with a little splash of rum. Yeah, oh, hey now, especially the dark rum. Yeah, that is like a dessert beverage right there. I like it. I like where your head's at. Excellent. Uh, would either of you be in- interested in any more fun facts? Only if they're super fun facts, because they're fun, fun facts. Well, you're in luck. I feel like that needs to be recorded as the jingle for fun facts. That is our <laughs> jingle for fun facts. I prefer. No, but like, I want that time. studio produced, full full orchestra behind you because that's that's that is that is audio gold. Yeah, with the uh, I'm a goddamn I'm a goddamn songbird. There you go. <laughs> Will Songbird, <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes. What do you think the critics thought of Will Oh, jeez. It's got to be in the 30s. I'll give you a hint. It's lower than the audience score. Well, yeah. <laughs> Critic score, I'm going to sit I'm gonna sit right at that one third level, 33%. All right, how about you, babe? Ooh, critics are not going to like this movie. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be generous, say 17. 14%, actually pretty close. Whoa! <laughs> Oh, I was too generous. Yikes. But the audience score. Oh, the audience score has to be like in the 60s. I, I'm going to say 72 because I like that number. 42%. Really? That well, is well, a was shockingly low number. Yeah, still triple what the critics thought. but <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it made its money. Yeah. Well, yes, I, I think you mentioned earlier a uh, $25 million budget, but $50 million worldwide gross. Uh, let's see. Yeah, we talked about the Stan Bush song. You got the touch. Yeah, and uh, one of those tickets was actually bought by Brian Thompson. Oh, yeah. He didn't get invited to the premiere. Oh, oh fuck! So that. he went and paid for it on his own. Oh, that is ridiculous. See, uh, it, like one of the notes on here is, yeah, there was lots of turmoil on set and blah blah blah. But that's that's bullshit. Yeah, but there was there is a karmic ending to that story. Years later, uh, Brian Thompson's daughter teaches equestrian in Los Angeles. Oh. 
about five years ago, he realized that his daughter was teaching equestrian to Stallone's daughters. <laughs> and they actually had a bit of a reconciliation that day. So all is well between them, but it was not back then. Yeah, you have to watch that interview on the Blu-ray. Like it's whew, he's got some hot takes. Nice. Well, for the Night Slasher's monologue and the final confrontation, uh, apparently Brian Thompson did the scene with the script girl because Stallone was off watching a basketball game on television. Yes. Uh, I did read that because <laughs> Stallone, I mean, but this was also the same guy. I don't know if you saw the the story. I can't remember who they were, whose interview it was, but they were in the middle of rehearsing a scene and one of his assistants came up and whispered in his ear and they both took off running oh. because there was a bomb threat they didn't tell anybody about. Oh. Yeah. They're like, well, we learned that day. If Stallone's running, run the same way he's running. <laughs> yeah, follow that guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, we talked about the whole canon connection. Yeah. Uh, originally, the movie was supposed to be set in Seattle, but they couldn't. Uh, they couldn't get the funding to do it. Oh. The the chase, the car chase, was actually supposed to be a fight scene on a ferry. Oh, nice. That was what Cosmo just wanted to do. But how are they going to get all the molten lava there on the fair? And, uh, you know what? It's Seattle. They get it. I, I, I'm sure it would have been explained. Uh, I, I was just reading about the uh, the very rare work print of the movie that's been circulating among fans uh, where, yeah, they cut about 40 minutes out to avoid the X rating. But it includes <clears throat> the first murder victim having her hand severed, mm-hmm. an extended autopsy scene, including mm-hmm. lingering shots of naked and mutilated bodies. Nice. Uh, a longer death for Ingrid's photographer, Dan, including a shot of him slipping on his own blood while trying to escape. As you do. Yeah, right. Oh, more deaths of the town people during the climax, including a person getting hit in the face with an axe. So, yeah, there you go. As yeah. David Spade once said, that will ruin his weekend. <laughs> you know, it's great. That'd probably just be like a PG-13 here. Yeah, like nowadays, nowadays, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, that's but they—they they couldn't. They had to avoid the X because back then nobody would have carried the film. Yeah, you know, well, now they didn't have the NC seventeen and all that. Exactly, and and so anything with an X on it would have had to go to either art houses, which were very few and far between back then, or other theaters that would be looking for Xs for different reasons. By the way, um, I like how you say uh, few and far between back then, like art houses are super common now. <laughs> well, they're, they're a little bit better now than they were then. And maybe it's because of where I live. I don't know. But there were definitely... In the middle of Utah, there's not a ton. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. But you guys got have a lot of good uh, podcasters up there, as I've learned in the last few months as well. Well, yeah, we, we like to think so. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the, the scene where uh, Trader Girl jumps on the back of Stallone, she had she she said she was a little bit heftier of a gal back then. And she said that she rehearsed it like six times with stunt coordinator so she could learn how to jump properly because she was she said she was a good three feet above him when she made the jump. Hey. Stallone shows up to the set. She says to him, hey, I'd like to rehearse this. And he's like, no, we we'll just do it. <laughs> yeah, they, so they roll camera. She jumps. His entire body collapses. He goes face first to the ground. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I take that. She said, you could have heard a pin drop on the set. And I'm freaking out. I'm like, I'm never going to work again. And Stallone gets up and he's like, oh, just do it again. 
So the second time she does it, <laughs> same result. Same result on take two. But she goes, starting at take two, you started to hear the snickers from behind the camera. <laughs> she said it took them like five takes to properly execute that stunt. And by the fourth take, he was actually starting to take it in stride because he realized he should have rehearsed it. I'm sure the uh, stunt coordinator is like, hey, uh, Sly, you want us to get Dolphin on this? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's another one of my favorite Stallone stories is when he visited the set of Masters of the Universe. And he saw that Dolph Lundgren was playing He-Man. And he looked at the director and he went, you gave that guy dialogue? (laughs) Uh, We've interviewed the director, Gary Goddard. Oh my God, that was interesting. He is a wonderful human being with no fucks left to give. It is amazing. That, That movie shows it. Well, you know, since then, he, he now he, for the last, what, 25 years or whatever, he uh, designs theme park rides. Yeah. Uh, another another canon film, too, from that documentary. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah that was, uh, what, the, the end? Wasn't that the last one or was like... Cyber I think Wars? Over the Top was the last one. Yeah, yeah it was like we're going to Superman 4, Masters Universe, Cyborg, like 80... Yeah, I guess Over the Top, too. Yeah, 87. That was like... The end and there's a great Masters of the Universe documentary out there that deals with it too, that Netflix has. Oh, yeah, it's really really good. Uh, is it about? Wait, is the one about the He-Man toys or the like? It covers movie? everything. Oh shit! It's is not the it, it's not the, the toys that made one? us episode. There's an actual yeah. full length documentary. Yeah, it's like by by the Power Grayskull or something like that. I don't remember the name of it, but I really uh, really uh, enjoyed it. I'm going to have to look it up. Okay, cool, cool. By the way, because <laughs> um, we brought up He-Man and all that, I I got to throw this out there. I think Skeletor might actually be the victim in this. We talked about this in oh, episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, in our Masters of the Universe episode, yeah. Who looks like the castle, Grayskull? Yeah. Skeletor. It's his people's yeah. castle. Yeah. The sorceress came in, uh, mm-hmm. took his land and his royalty away from him. Yeah. He was forced to become a recluse. Obviously, he does have a gray skull. He yeah. murders all his people. He's the only one left who looks like that. Yeah. He has to go around, gather up other disenfranchised tribes, and uh, rages war against, you know, the white impre- oppressors. It's very much a Robin Hood kind of story. It is. He's Skeletor of Loxley. I want Except that for, movie. Yeah. Right. I want that movie. Frank Langella's still around, right? Yeah, I'm just <laughs> and he is still Frank Langella by all accounts. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean. If we had to recast it, though. I'm thinking David Tennant. David Tennant as Skeletor? Yeah, I think he could do it. That's an it. interesting call. Yeah. <laughs> David David Tennant in a muscle suit? Yeah, I mean, yeah. 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 I mean, but like after I mean, watching him in Bad Samaritan, he plays creepy so good. I mean, good. you know they are doing a He-Man reboot. Well, I guess they were before before our year of the Rona. But... <laughs> no, you're getting you're getting the animated series by the same oh. guys that did Castlevania. Kevin Smith is your showrunner. It's called Masters yeah. of the Universe Revelations. All right, I'm in. And no, I'm you telling like you, look up the voice yeah. cast. It will melt your brain. Am I going to be angry? Lena Headey as Evelyn. Need I say I'm more? in. Oh, Cersei, I'm in. And Skeletor <laughs> is one Mark Hamill. Oh, yep. Okay, okay. Sarah Michelle Gellar's involved. Like, the cast list is insane on this thing. Masters of the Universe Revelations is what it's called. Mark Hamill, he's like the greatest, right? I mean, oh, he's the king of Twitter. Oh, oh, he's absolutely the king of Twitter. King of Twitter and voice acting, apparently. Yeah. He's even been in a movie, I've heard. What? A couple here and there. 
The Giver. Yeah, kind of kind of cameos. <laughs> well, he did The Giver. One of the, one of the worst Japanese to American translation films ever. Uh, do you do you want to talk about the original ending or? Uh, we can talk about the original ending. That there was there, there definitely more deaths. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just I really wish they would have exposed Monty as the leader of the cult. I just yeah, yeah apparently I, like it was, they were supposed the- to like rip off his shirt and he was going to have like the, the satanic tattoo and everything on his chest. And they <laughs> made the call like that day that they were changing the ending because it was going to be one less death they had to do. And so just to punch him, they thought was going to be more ju- justice. And I was like, no, that's just such a better ending because then he still could have punched him and hauled him away. And like we said earlier, opens the door for the sequel. Yeah. I, oh God. Opens the door for the sequel where Monty's basically like a Hannibal Lecter kind of thing. Like he's in jail yet still somehow controlling the cult. Kind of yeah. like the Joker in dark Knight. Yeah. I'm yes. fucking in. I'm in. I'm, I'm, all it, guys. in. I'm all in at that point. Or he rebuilds the cult inside the prison. And Cobra's got to basically shut the prison down. Guys, escape plan for Cobra. The escape plan we deserved originally. (laughs) You know, like, there's so many things they could have done. But it just, oh, the, the train wreck that is this movie. Well, we had, we mentioned they had to cut about forty minutes of this movie. Any mm-hmm. ideas what the final body count of this movie though? This this PG thirteen version. I don't know. Oh, jeez, it's got to be in the seventies. Uh, I'm gonna say fifty five. Fifty two. Oh, wow, I'm actually having a good night tonight. Including closest to the pin. Yes, yeah, a forty one of them by Cobra himself. <laughs> because Stallone. Because you know, hero. <laughs> All right, so we've come to the important part. What did we learn from Cobra? Uh, Rob, you want to start us off? Um, I learned that if you're a good enough shot, you never have to reload. Yeah, it makes sense. How about you, babe? Um, I learned that apparently the answer to everything is just a big sharp knife. Yeah, or an axe. Very nice. And kind of a sharp, you know. Yeah, <laughs> a long-handled knife, I guess. <laughs> Knives and axes don't run out of bullets either. That's, well, especially handy when you're part of Zombie Squad, right? <laughs> um, I learned in America, there's a burglary every eleven seconds. There's a violent crime every twenty-five seconds. <laughs> and those are 1986 numbers. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's only gone up. It's it's <laughs> it's like the price of a stamp. It only goes up. <sighs> <laughs> and well, you know who I want to direct the remake? I want Robert Rodriguez to direct the remake. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Cobra v. v Machete. I'm in. <laughs> and maybe it's just because I watched the Mexico trilogy again last week, but. I, I got to watch uh, Once Upon a Time in Mexico again. I remember it being just kind of meh. <laughs> it holds up really well. Does it? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, and I dissected all three of those films. Um, his commentary tracks are actually really, really good. Oh, Rodriguez, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, from Dust Till Dawn, like, his commentary track's amazing. Uh, you know, I don't yeah. know if I've heard that one. I've seen the documentary. I don't know if I've watched that film with his commentary, though. Yeah, check it out. Cool. <laughs> well, Rob, thank you so much for joining us here on Everything I Learned From Movies. Um, honored, to have, honored to be here. Thank you for asking. I'd love to do it again sometime. Yeah, uh, I understand you also have a podcast or two? Got a couple. Uh, on the Vocal Now Network, if you go to vocalnow, V-O-K-A-L-Now.com, 
that's our network. We Every Sunday at 5.30 Eastern is the Cheat Podcast, which is your one-stop shop for all things professional wrestling. We cover it all. Uh, we actually do uh, pre uh, official, unofficial pre-shows for all the pay-per-views, and we got four in two weeks coming up. And then at 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific on Sunday nights is the Clubhouse Podcast, and it is your one-stop shop for all things sports and pop culture. We talk movies, music, television, tech. A uh, friend of our, our our mutual friend Craig Price is actually going to be on the show the, uh, coming up as they're getting ready for their finals. Uh, yeah. And it's just we have a lot of fun. We've been doing it now. Uh, the Cheap Podcast has been its own show for two years now. It used to be part of the other show, but the, the Clubhouse is now in its eleventh season. Oh wow! On Focal, and it's we just have a lot of fun. And as long as we're having fun, we're going to keep doing it. Nice. It's been on for eleven seasons, but really, it's only been four and a half months. Oh, That's what like, it feels like. It's like, like, it's like Walking Dead seasons. It's like like six episodes. It's like Game of Thrones seasons. Yeah, or and then they take a week yeah. or two off, and then they get back to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're such content junkies. I don't know if I could take that long of a time off. <laughs> but um, but we we just we have a lot of fun doing the show. Uh, like sometimes we'll be in the studio vocal. Sometimes we do it like we do these here. Uh, we do audio and video. So and, and Vocal also has an app you can download, and there's so many great shows on the Vocal Now network. There's literally something for everybody out there right now, and we're getting ready to, to fire up some new some new content. Uh, I just got a hold of an 18 film collection of all the Batman animated films. We're going to start going through those. Oh, nice! Um, and it's everything from Mask of the Phantasm. The only one that's not in there is well, Sub Zero's not in there, but I got a hold of that with the animated series. And Hush wasn't in there because it hadn't been released yet. Oh, so we got so, the Dracula one in there. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did they do Red Rain as a movie? Uh, which one? Red Rain? Uh, I know they Under the Red Hood. but Oh, Under the Red Hood. Yeah, the Dracula one I was thinking the Elseworlds. I'm like, did they do that one? Because I know oh, they no, did. No, no, no. It's, it's like Batman versus Dracula or something like that. But it was like Yeah, it's part of, uh, the, it's part of the Batman animated series. Oh, yeah. that's what it was. Yeah, the, the, the ones with the Batman weren't included. Oh, okay. Um, okay. But I know we're getting ready to Death in the Family is getting released in October. Ooh. And there, I saw the cover of it today, and it said it was an interactive film. So it makes me wonder if you get to choose Jason Todd's oh, fate. No. Choose your own adventure. Yes, I'm on board. So we've got that coming up. Uh, we're working on the Cheap Podcast. We're actually going to be going through every WrestleMania in history. Ooh. Uh, all we're- 36 of them. We're actually getting back into wrestling ourselves. Like we've seen what probably five or six of them. Of the WrestleMania. Uh, of the WrestleManias. Yeah, we've seen. Plus, a we've seen Royal the Rumbles. Royal Rumbles and a couple of the Money in the Banks. Yeah, yeah. we uh, subscribed to WWE Network. All it oh, is fun. It's, yeah, that network is an addiction. You can fall down the rabbit hole very, very quickly. You, yeah, you guys, that is really an underrated like channel to subscribe to. You get so much content. And there's a free version now, too, which gets you, I think, over 15,000 hours that they have. That doesn't get you the pay-per-views and stuff like that. But um, there is a free – and you don't even have to have a login. You just open up the app and here you go. We've been covering a lot of that lately. Like I said, we're going to be going through – I was able to get – I found box sets for the first 20. And then I've got everything from 20 on I I get every year. So we're going to be going through and and really going in-depth with – here was the setup. Here's what happened leading up to it. Here was the fallout. Uh, it's 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 going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, we'd love to have you guys as part of either show anytime you want to come on. 
I was going to say, if you ever need uh, novices who don't know a whole lot, but uh, we'll definitely point out the ones that are dead. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're happy to join. Yeah, um, we'd love to have you. We, we usually do those. Uh, we have people that have joined the show virtually before, especially when we're in studio. And for either show, whatever you guys are more comfortable with, you just let us know. We'd love to have you on. Excellent. Excellent. Well, babe, are you on social media at all? I am. You can find me everywhere pretty much at Untidy Venus. It's a goddess who's bad at housekeeping. Um, yeah, we've got all kinds of fun stuff in the shop. Uh, we've got Steve's coloring book. He yeah. drew uh, garbage griffins or ridiculous animal matchups. And they came out so great. We had to make, turn them into a self-published uh, coloring book. We print them here in-house. We staple them and send them to you. Uh, yeah, I've got a bunch of new art prints. Uh, keep your ears and eyes open. We're hopefully going to be doing a lo- uh, some more virtual live shows. You can do a bunch of shopping from your underwear pants at your house. <laughs> Yeah. And of course, we have a new sponsor, uh, Darn Good Yarn. Yeah. Uh, we're actually working on a uh, promotional code you can use. But in the meantime, if you go Woo! to our website at eilfm.podbean.com, <laughs> there's some pretty sweet little links there. It'll take you to like some buy one, get one free sales or uh, discounted subscriptions and stuff or some, some really incredible uh, fashion. I mean, it, you if you follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at EILF yeah. Movies, that's everything I learned from movies, uh, you see our lovely spokesmodel Izzy donning some of these saris. And, uh, I think I saw that today. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like the black and white one with the elephants on it, I believe. Yeah, that's the yeah. one. Looking at it right now. Yeah, darn good yarn. If you want to make some uh, ethical clothing choices, it's mostly female clothing, and then all kinds of craft supplies and all of that, they're the people to go to. Uh, All the materials are reclaimed or remnant material. Remnant is leftover from other manufacturing processes and usually gets thrown away. It's like the end of a batch of fabric. Uh, All of their artisans are uh, mostly women who are trying to escape the caste system in India. They're the lowest levels of society and Darn Good Yard's trying to pay them fair wages and, you know, offering them a chance to do something other than just clean gutters. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. Everything I've gotten from them, I've absolutely loved. The skirts are amazing, especially if you're somebody who, say, fluctuates in weight, because it's a wrap skirt. If you're feeling fat one day, hey, you just tie it a little looser. Feeling skinny one day, tie it a little tighter. It's great. There you go. <laughs> yeah, check it out, guys. Um, yeah, until next time, I'm Steve. I'm Izzy. I am Rob. That is me. <laughs> and this is Everything I Learned From Movies. Have a good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Another hot day in the city. Sweat pouring down, nowhere to breathe. Working in.